We're back with another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about my top five team and player hierarchy for this week. This is going to be a weekly thing I do on the podcast. In addition to some other topics, we're going to start with the teams. And at number one, the Los Angeles Lakers are the best team in the NBA right now. I've done this for two weeks on my Instagram at Bucket Center, and the Clippers had that number one spot out of respect for what Kawhi Leonard was doing, how the team looked. Obviously, without Paul George, we know he's going to come back relatively soon, but they look like the best team in basketball. They beat the Los Angeles Lakers on opening night. But after opening night, the Lakers rattled off seven straight Ws, and they're right now first in the league in plus-minus. They're 17th in offensive rating. The offense hasn't looked too good outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The three-point percentage for the Lakers, a lot of open three-pointers missed off of driving kickouts from LeBron James. But they're number one in defensive rating, and they're anchored by Anthony Davis, who right now is looking like the defensive player of the year. Frank Vogel has really instilled a defensive mentality into this team, and they're looking really, really good on that end. That helps them be first in the league in net rating and their 14th in effective field goal percentage. So although the three-pointers aren't falling, their offense has still been relatively effective thanks to the star power of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Obviously, Contavious Caldwell-Pope has been a low light for the Los Angeles Lakers this season. He did have one good game where he had some clutch shots against the San Antonio Spurs down the stretch, but he's been kind of a head case. Airballing layups, airballing shots, getting booed by the home crowd. Dwight Howard has looked really good and rejuvenated with this team, with his redemption-type run. LeBron's going on social media talking about Wash King. He hears everyone that was doubting him, that's saying he didn't have anything left in the tank. And a lot of people are really having amnesia, like who called him the Wash King? Who said he didn't have any more? Y'all were calling him the Wash King. Y'all were saying he didn't have any more last year. I had arguments with people on Twitter. People were saying guys like Paul George were better than LeBron James. I've heard it all. He's heard it all. We're tired of the bullshit. And he sees, and he's he's balling right now and putting up big-time numbers, leading the Los Angeles Lakers. AD, like I said, doing his thing. Avery Bradley doing well on the ball. Danny Green hitting open shots from three and playing his role defensively. Kyle Kuzma just got thrown back into the mix. He's struggling a little bit, but once he gets it going, that's another dimension added to this team. And then Rajon Rondo should be returning on Sunday. So they'll finally have their whole squad together and we'll really see what it's going to look like. The defense is going to get a little bit worse, I think, having Rondo and Kuzma playing more minutes because they're both not great defenders. But the rest of those guys are really locking in on the defensive side of the ball. The rim protection has been excellent and the Lakers are rolling right now. The number one team on my team hierarchy at the moment. Number two is the Los Angeles Clippers who were 6-3. and three. Obviously, they beat the Lakers on opening night. They're 7th and plus-minus. Two of their losses, it should be noted, were without Kawhi Leonard. So they lost the Milwaukee Bucks, and they lost the Utah Jazz without Kawhi. The one loss they had with Kawhi was to the Phoenix Suns. They're 4th in offensive rating. They're 13th in defensive rating. They're 7th in net rating, and they're ninth in effective field goal percentage. And really, Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams are shouldering a lot of the load. Kawhi's still only playing 30 minutes a game, which is crazy. And he's taking these load management days off. Let's talk about that load management for a second. Man, a lot of people getting on him for not playing. I just wish he would not sit out the nationally televised games. When you're going up against Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's a game that not only your team would like you to play so you can get that W or have a chance to get the W, uh, but also everyone, the fan base, 
uh, for the Clippers, obviously, but even national TV audience would like to see. That's a big-time matchup, Kawhi Leonard versus Giannis Antetokounmpo. And as a guy who picked Kawhi Leonard to win the MVP, and we'll get to that later, I would like to see him play that marquee matchup. Obviously, he didn't, which I think hurts him. It hurt his team. Obviously, they lost the game. But in the long run, let's be real. Okay, a lot of players, LeBron James, Greg Popovich with the San Antonio Spurs, load management has been a thing. They've been doing it, and it worked for Kawhi Leonard last year. He only played 55 games last year. He led the Toronto Raptors to an NBA championship. So I'm not here to say whatever the hell Kawhi Leonard's doing is wrong. I mean, he's in the conversation and probably leading the conversation for the best basketball player on the planet. He just gave uh, Canada a championship. So he, he knows what he's doing. We really judge these players by April, May, and June, okay? So, like, while the Hardens and the Westbrooks and those guys year after year have been balling in the regular season, giving their all night in, night out, which is really – a lot of fans really love that, and, and I love it that they're giving their all each and every night. But Kawhi Leonard is still playing hard when he's out there, but he's load managing, taking care of his body, and getting ready for when the real show happens. He did say it's practice during the regular season, and that's kind of what they're treating it like. Um, so the Clippers are going to be my number two spot. Again, Montrezl, Harold, Lou Williams are ball. Once they get Paul George back, I definitely think that defense will be better into that top five for sure. Uh, the offense has looked really good even without uh, Paul George. Kawhi Leonard is a guy that they're going to, him and Lou Williams, down the stretch to close these basketball games. A lot of close games, a lot of slugfests. Uh, and even if he's having a bad shooting night, he can do what he did the other night, 18 points in the fourth quarter, and just take the game over. So the Clippers are still going to be my number two. The Utah Jazz coming to my top five at number three. They're six and three. They're ninth and plus minus. They're 27th in offensive rating. They're second in defensive rating, ninth in net rating, and 10th in effective field goal percentage. And this is a team that's really starting to click now. They struggled a little bit to start the year. Mike Conley in particular struggled to start the year. Bojan Bogdanovic is putting up an efficient 20 points a game. He's shooting 44% from the three-point line. He's shooting efficient from all everywhere on the court. He hit the game-winning shot against the Milwaukee Bucks last night, and he's really gelling coming into his own. Donovan Mitchell's looking pretty good. Rudy Gobert's doing his thing defensively. He does want some more touches and more of a role offensively, which I don't see how you feature Rudy Gobert as an offensive player. He's really just going to go out there and catch some lobs. And he really, his effort is felt on the defensive side of the ball. Utah's clicking now. They got a great coach in Quinn Snyder. They're at my number three right now. Number four, the Denver Nuggets. They are six and two. And just like the Utah Jazz, they struggled a little bit early on in the season. They're starting to click now. Nikola Jokic had a big time game, a prime time game against Joel Embiid, which he outplayed him and got the dub, hitting the game winning shot to break out of a slump. Uh, the Nuggets as a team are 10th and plus minus, 22nd in offensive rating, 9th in defensive rating, 13th in net rating, and 26th in effective field goal percentage. They're at my number four spot. They play very well in their home court. They had a big time win against the Miami Heat, and then they went and beat the Philadelphia 76ers to really help get some quality wins on their schedule, maybe instill a little bit more confidence. I'd love to see Michael Porter get into that rotation because he's really good. He's got a lot of talent. He could really help this team out. Jamal Murray's balling in big-time shots down the stretch, so the Nuggets are looking pretty solid, starting to come into their own second in the Western Conference. Standings right now, fourth on my player hierarchy, or excuse me, my team hierarchy. And then at number five, we got the Boston Celtics. They're 6-1. and one. They're first in the Eastern Conference standings. They're third and plus-minus. They're 13th in defensive rating. They're fourth in 
you know, they're 13th in offensive rating, excuse me, they're fourth in defensive rating, they're third in net rating, and they're 22nd in effective field goal percentage. This is the one team to make my top five out of the Eastern Conference. The Bucks were in there last week. The Sixers were undefeated in there last week. But now it's the Boston Celtics who stand atop the Eastern Conference standings. They haven't played a lot of competition, but they did defeat the Milwaukee Bucks. And they are playing some really good basketball right now. They have three guys averaging 20-plus points a game. You look at Gordon Hayward, who's coming into his own and looking like he's recovered fully from his injury. You're looking at Kemba Walker. And you're looking at, obviously, Jason Tatum, who are balling. Marcus Smart plays his role. He's that glue guy for this team. The Celtics are really starting to click, and they're looking really good under Brad Stevens. Kemba's coming in there. They're distributing shots, and they're looking like a really, really solid basketball team. The defense is surprising to me. I know their rim protection in their front court uh, is not the best, but they're still doing a pretty good job defensively. So that's good to see, even with Kemba Walker not being a good defender on the perimeter. They got guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown uh, who are really doing a good job for them on that side of the floor. Let's go into the player hierarchy now. This is basically like my MVP ladder. Again, these will all be uploaded and updated once a week. So at number one, I've got Giannis Antetokounmpo. And before it was Kawhi Leonard, now it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's averaging 29 points a game, 14 rebounds, seven assists, four turnovers. He's shooting 57% from the field, 28% from three-point range, 63% from the free throw line. He's got a 60 effective field goal percentage, also giving you two steals and a block a game. Milwaukee Bucks, as I said before, six and three record. They're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They have not been looking very good. Okay, and Giannis has fouled out of three ball games uh, this season, which is not great. But his impact and the way he's been playing on the court has been exceptional. He's hitting the three ball at a more consistent rate, even though his three point percentage does not look very good. He's actually attempting more threes and he's making more threes. Okay, and defensively, he's the best defender in the NBA. We talk about versatility and impact on that side of the floor. He can guard multiple positions. He can protect the rim. He can go out, switch out onto the perimeter. He's doing a great job in that aspect. He's controlling the glass. The Bucs are one of the best rebounding teams in the league because of him, and he's scoring the ball efficiently and at a high rate. Giannis Antetokounmpo at number one for me. Number two is LeBron James, the king who's clocking in, averaging 26 points a game, eight rebounds, 10.5 assists, three turnovers. He's shooting 49% from the field, 33% from three-point range, 77% from the free-throw line, 54 effective field goal percentage. He's also giving you a steal and a block. Again, the Los Angeles Lakers have the best record in the NBA at 7-1. They're the first seed uh, in the Western Conference. So LeBron James is killing it, okay, and he's playing this point guard role, basically, even though he may not be listed as the point guard, just like he has his entire career, he's a primary ball handler, he's a primary decision maker, primary playmaker, he's handling the ball even more than he was handling it before, looking to distribute, looking to set up guys, mainly Anthony Davis, also kicking out to open three-point shooter, finding cutters, he's doing a great job reading the floor, seeing the defense, He's rebounding the ball pretty well. Eight rebounds a game when you got guys like Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, and Anthony Davis on your squad is impressive. And then his scoring hasn't been the greatest, but he's still putting up buckets. LeBron's always due for 25, 26 points a game. So he's still getting the points. 
but more than anything, it's the reads he's making out there on the court. Ten and a half assists to just three turnovers. That assist to turnover ratio is best in the league. He has the highest basketball IQ. He's the best passer in the league, and that's really helping this Los Angeles Lakers ball club out. But the big thing I want to point out with LeBron James is the energy and effort he's giving on both ends of the floor. Yes, you cannot say LeBron James doesn't play defense at this stage in his career. He's locking in. He's locking down. He's blocking shots. He's staying in front of his man. He's diving for loose balls. This is the defensive effort I'd love to see from LeBron James, especially now that they have Frank Vogel, defensive-minded coach, and he has Anthony Davis, who's a rim protector that can hold him accountable. They're communicating on defense. This is a really fun team to watch. LeBron James is doing his in, uh, his job on that end of the floor in addition to the amazing offense that he plays and having another guy in Anthony Davis to be able to take some of that pressure off of him on the offensive side of the ball helps him be able to give more energy on the defensive side of the ball, which is really cool to see and something we really haven't been able to see since his Miami days or maybe the 2016 NBA Finals with that signature chase down block on Andre Iguodala. But the reason I have Giannis over LeBron at this point in time is really, frankly, the fact that LeBron James does have Anthony Davis. And while that's helping out in the W's department, it's another guy that Giannis doesn't have the luxury of playing with, okay? Chris Middleton's been okay this season, but he hasn't been great. They lost Malcolm Brogdon, and they're really feeling that loss of Malcolm Brogdon right now as the Bucks are trying to struggling for another playmaker, another guy that could take some pressure off of Giannis. And Giannis is kind of doing a solo act right now which is why when you look at the numbers, it's pretty damn close. I still say as much as LeBron's giving effort defensively, Giannis is a better defender. I do think LeBron James is a better basketball player, but so far this season, based on what I've watched, Giannis is number one on this list. Number three, Kawhi Leonard. Like I said before, he was a guy that was at one point number one on this list. But the main reason he's fallen down, which again, I touched on earlier, is the load management and the low minutes. He's only playing just over a tick over 30 minutes a game. Okay. He's averaging 29 points, eight rebounds, five assists, three turnovers. He's shooting 46% from the field, just 31% from three point range, 87% from the free throw line, 50 effective field goal percentage, two steals, and a block. Um, their record is six and three, but with Kawhi Leonard, it's six and one. Okay. So the Clippers are balling out with Kawhi on the court. Kawhi is balling out. He leads the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. We know how good Kawhi Leonard is, but when you're taking these load management days off, when you're just sitting out a game, a head to head primetime game against Giannis Antetokounmpo. And when I'm seeing what LeBron and Giannis are doing right now, and Kawhi is not playing as many games, not as many minutes, he doesn't seem as interested and focused uh, on the regular season. That stuff matters when we're talking about regular season hierarchy rankings. So although Kawhi may be a better basketball player than Giannis, debatably is a better basketball player than LeBron James, although they're 1A and 1B. At this point in time, I got to put Kawhi number three on my hierarchy. And number four, the first non-superstar to make the hierarchy this season, uh, outside of week one, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns did his thing in the opening week. But Luka Doncic right now is absolutely killing it for the Dallas Mavericks. This is a guy, as I've said before, that I was super high on going into the draft. This dude is averaging 28 points a game, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 5 turnovers. Uh, he's shooting 47% for the field, 32% from three-point range, 84% from the free throw line, 54 effective field goal percentage, and a steal a game. The Dallas Mavericks have a 5-3 and three record, and Luka is the main reason why. Christos Porzingis has been extremely inconsistent as the second option. They don't really have too much talent outside of him. They got some decent serviceable rotation pieces, 
but nothing too crazy. Rick Carlisle's ahead of a, a hell of a head coach, excuse me. But Luca is averaging almost a triple double and doing it decently efficiently. So we got to give him his props and his credit where credit is due. He switched over from more of a shooting guard position, although he was the primary ball hander last year, but now he's a full-on point guard. And he's really running with it. He's doing a great job leading this Dallas Mavericks team uh, into the playoff picture. And then at number five, I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving, who's absolutely hooping out of his mind. Okay, this dude's averaging 32 points a game, six rebounds, seven and a half assists, three turnovers. He's shooting 47% of the field, 40% from three-point range, 93% from the free throw line. His effective field goal percentage is at 54, one steal, one block. And the Nets have a 500 record at four and four. And Kyrie, we know how great and gifted of a scorer he is, how efficient he can be. And he's proven the doubters wrong to say he's just an ISO combo guy. He's making plays. This is his second year averaging over seven assists so far. He's finding his open teammates. And the Nets are finally getting on track, starting to win some basketball games. So that's my top five hierarchy for the players. We got Giannis at one, LeBron at two, Kawhi at three, Luka at four, Kyrie at number five. And then for the teams, we got at number one, the Los Angeles Lakers, number two, the Los Angeles Clippers, number three, the Utah Jazz, number four, the Denver Nuggets, and number five, I got the Boston Celtics. For my surprising teams right now at this point of the season, the Boston Celtics looking good atop the Eastern Conference standings at six and one. The Raptors are close to the top of the Eastern Conference standings as well with a 6-2 and two record. The Miami Heat right now currently sit at 6-3, and three, playing some really inspired ball under Eric Spolstra. Kendrick Nunn is playing really well, getting himself in that Rookie of the Year conversation. Jimmy Butler obviously doing his thing. You go down the line, that team has a crazy amount of depth. The Charlotte Hornets, who I thought were going to be the worst team in the NBA going into this season, have a 4-4 four and four record right now. Devontae Graham is balling. P.J. Washington is doing a pretty good job as well. They do have Miles Bridges, too. They're at 500, which is a little bit surprising for me. The Phoenix Suns, led by Devin Booker, have a 5-3 and three record, and they're in the playoff picture right now. Aaron Baines is doing a really good job in the absence of DeAndre Aiden, who's suspended. Uh, he's he's really doing his good job filling in. Ricky Rubio at the point guard position is an upgrade. Monty Williams is just doing a great job with his group. Devin Booker's got a little bit more talent around him, and they're capitalizing so far early in the season. Who knows if it's sustainable, but right now, so far, so good. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns had a great start to the season, but now Andrew Wiggins is coming to the party a little bit. He had a 40-point performance uh, and a big-time win down the stretch for the Wolves against the Golden State Warriors. Ever since that man cut his hair, he's hoping a little bit. Disappointing teams, the Blazers are 3-6. and six. Okay, Damian Lillard is hooping out of his mind. He almost made the player hierarchy. He was so close between him and Kyrie Irving, but they do have a 3-6 and six record, which is near the bottom of the Western Conference standings. A lot of that's due to inconsistent play from C.J. McCollum. It's due to Hassan Whiteside playing pretty poorly. It's due to the fact that they've had a decent amount of injuries and just no one else is stepping up to give Damian Lillard some help. And the Western Conference is not a good start when you're looking at that playoff picture. They got to bounce back. The Sacramento Kings with Luke Walton. Tell me why you have the fastest player in the league with De'Aaron Fox, but you have the slowest pace in the league in the Sacramento Kings. Three and six has been a tough start to them. They've got to bounce back. Golden State Warriors are two and seven, and you can really attribute this to injuries. They got everyone sitting out. D'Lo just dropped 52, but they got so many stacking injuries. Steph Curry's out. Klay Thompson was obviously out. Go down the line. 
they probably won't bounce back just because of all those injuries. But they're giving their young guys an opportunity to play. Eric Pascal's balling, and they're playing some decently competitive games, and they're building their way towards that tankathon lottery. New Orleans Pelicans, 1-7 without Zion Williamson. They've had a couple other injuries. They really got to turn it around. Lonzo Ball's out tonight. Drew Holiday's missed some time. Brandon Ingram has been the bright spots for them. They've been hooping, but they have the worst record in the NBA. They got to turn that around. Chicago Bulls. I know the Bulls fans do not like Jim Boylan right now and his scheming and his rotations and everything associated with Jim Boylan right now. But the Bulls are really struggling. Laurie Markkinen is not being consistent for them. They've got to step it up there at 3-6. and six. And then the Orlando Magic. They were a playoff team last year. Nikola Vucevic is not balling the all-star level way that he was balling last year. He's got to step it up. Uh, so surprising teams, Celtics, Raptors, Heat, Hornets, Suns, Wolves, disappointing teams. We got the Blazers, the Kings, the Warriors, Pelicans, Bulls, and the Orlando Magic. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. We'll be back again next week. I'm out. Peace.